This is To The Point with Marcus Ammon, where we cut through all the noise to discuss the things driving the world of automotive sales and service. Let's get to it. Powered by Rocket. In February, the Biden administration announced an investment of $5 billion over five years to build a more robust EV fast charging network in the U.S. The initiative, launched under the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program, is touted as an important step in the push towards the wider adoption of EVs. Now, regardless of where you might find yourself in the debate about EVs, one thing's for certain, making fast charging more readily available will play a pivotal role in the push to sell more electric vehicles. But what's the true feasibility of the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program? Are the benchmarks actually achievable? And if so, what are the challenges to pulling it off fast enough to meet the growing number of EV mandates? To get better insight on the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program, to the point, talk to Javad Muhammadi, a professor in the Civil, Architectural and Environmental Engineering Department at the University of Texas at Austin, who is highly regarded for his insight on the shift to EVs. So Javad, thank you for joining us on To The Point. Yeah, glad to be here. So Javad, this, this um, federal, federal initiative that is aimed at sort of um, enhancing what we know is going to be critical to uh, the wider adoption of electric vehicles. Um, there are some pros and cons to it. Um, from what I gather, um, what are the pros and cons of, of, of this initiative that is focused on sort of ramping up on EV charging stations and the overall EV charging network in, in, in the U.S.? Oh, yeah, this is this is a very important topic. I think this is one of the um, one of the needs that we have in this sector, like to add more charging stations to provide access to. Um, to charging stations reliably. And uh, if you talk to customers and if you uh, read research reports uh, on this topic, range anxiety is, is, a, is a real issue for a lot of customers that are struggling with their, as, they're, as they're deciding whether to buy an electric vehicle or not, they're deciding like that's on top of their mind. Does it make sense for them to buy any electric vehicle? How often do they need to charge? where they should charge, all of those questions are very important. So I think absolutely uh, we need uh, to add more charging infrastructure, uh, but really the question, there are a lot of tough questions that need to be answered at the same time, right? Where to build them, how to work with the local, um, local players and local uh, entities to make sure that these are, these are benefiting the local partners as well. And uh, how we are providing electricity for these, uh, uh, charging stations. But what is the source of electricity for those? Where is it coming from? Is that impacting the reliability of the network that these charging stations are getting connected to? So a lot of interesting questions that comes up. So if I were to break this down into two buckets of pros and cons, I think, uh, and I think uh, pros would be really like addressing the, the need that we have for uh, to giving people options for charging electric vehicles if they want to go on longer road trip and if they want to travel between places, uh, there, there would be a need to, uh, for them to uh, have access to uh, fast charging stations. 
and uh, that would make all the difference for EV adoption. But I think at the same time, we want to make sure that we are uh, installing this uh, charging infrastructure in coordination with uh, local authorities, with uh, local businesses, making sure that they're benefiting from this as well. Uh, and because as we're adding charging station to a specific area, we are adding, uh, for example, traffic to that area, right? So the question would be, is the local community benefiting from that local traffic that's being added? Uh, um, can they benefit from that? And how that fit in with the electric system that they already have? So I think these questions need to be answered both at the federal and the local state. So really the success of uh, this uh, initiative depends on how well the local and federal governments work with each other and how the, how we are getting the communities engaged in this effort just to make sure that everybody's benefiting. Do you, do you think the plan, the, the program doesn't, doesn't do enough right now to sort of highlight that, that critical part of, of this project and this, and this initiative? Based on uh, what I've gathered, I think that, that's uh, that's obviously uh, that's obviously a concern. People are aware of it. Like uh, decision makers um, are obviously thinking about this. But I think execution is really the key here. Like, how would you execute that? I think we have to see those plans in action uh, and how they're playing, how the, how they will play out. Uh, I've uh, I've seen uh, the budgets that are dedicated to states for building the charging infrastructure. And I've seen the uh, reports that uh, there is conversation about this, but I think we need more detail to be able to evaluate. But I, I think this is really the key part here, just how these two, how these entities will work with each other. There are there are also some some concerns about the the, the idea of this alternative fuel corridors and how how effective will they be, or will this part of the initiative be? in these rural and, and underserved areas. Um, can you talk about that a little? Yeah, so I think this is a, uh, this is a really a valid concern in the sense that uh, when you uh, think about who is buying electric vehicles today, um, that's, uh, that's still not accessible to uh, a lot of our population, right? I think that's still uh, people that, that, those are still being adopted by the people who can afford them. Right. So, and they, we are basically adding this charging infrastructure to enable access, but at the same time, we don't want to push the burden of uh, this investment and also the electricity need to the underserved communities that are, that don't necessarily have access to these electric vehicles. When, 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 when we look at this, this National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure for, Formula Program, the idea of these alternative fuel corridors, um, and, and we're looking at the future of, of electric vehicles, right? There are some that will, will argue and contend that we are nowhere near when it comes to the adoption of EVs of where this, this charging plan or program sort of represents or indicates we are headed. Your 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 position on that would be what? So this is a very interesting chicken and egg problem, right? So people would adopt more electric vehicle when they know that they have access to the charging infrastructure. At the same time, we don't have that many electric that as as many EVs as, as we should right now. 
So that question is also like that concern also seems reasonable that why would you build it when you don't have enough electric vehicles? Well, this is a very interesting cycle of uh, chicken and egg uh, problem again. So I, I think my I, I, I think it's reasonable to start investing in this because this would ultimately really help us in multiple ways. It's is the electric vehicle like is the e-mobility and helping the planet. Obviously, there are those benefits of reducing the GHG emission, but at the same time, uh, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to help our electric infrastructure uh, because electric vehicles are basically effectively batteries on the bill, right? So these guys can, um, these guys have a, have a energy storage capacity that we can use for helping our electric system, which is in dire need of uh, storage capacity. And we are having this heat wave after heat wave, all of these issues with the electric grid. And we have difficulties providing the electricity that's needed. We, are, we have difficulties uh, providing peak, peak demand. So those type of storage capacities would be absolutely needed. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this uh, from two, two perspectives. One, it, it's good for the environment. It will reduce the carbon footprint at the same time. If we have a plan, if we do this, if we do this smart, in a smart way, we can leverage these capacities for helping our grid. And I would be happy to provide a lot more detail on the grid part. I think that's the part that that should be that we should talk about it a lot more because that's a consider that should be a consideration as we're planning these uh, EV infrastructure, how well they fit in with your grid modernization efforts. How will how, how are they putting pressure on the electric infrastructure or are they helping the electric infrastructure? I think that's another, that's, an, that's a separate topic, but it should be discussed at the same time as we're planning for this. Let's, let's talk, about, talk about that a bit. Um, so, so where do you see that? The, 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 because you're right, the infrastructure, that's, that's critical, to, to, that's critical to, to this plan and to any any sense of the wider adoption of EVs. Um, where, where do you see the biggest challenges when it comes to infrastructure? And where do you see that there needs to be more focus? Um, when yeah, it comes I would to be happy to. So uh, let me tell you the story of electric infrastructure. Okay. So think of electric grid as a one-way highway that we built over 100 years ago. And this highway basically enables transfer of electrons from big power plants to the end users. And this, this system has been working really well for us for quite some time, but now we are going through a transition mode, right? And in the context of that highway, we are, we, are, we are effectively opening up streets into this highway and those streets being like solar panels that we're adding to the systems, electric vehicles that are drawing electrons from the system. So we have we are having a lot of um, streets being open and being open to this one-way highway. They can also send electrons back. In the in the traffic world, world in the highway world, they would add traffic lights for better control. They would control the the flow of um, the flow of electrons into the system, and they would use uh, parking lots in certain cases. That that could be energy storage, right? And you could have a smaller parking lots, larger parking lots. That would depend on the capacity of the your energy storage technology and you could basically control like where you are sending electrons in and out of those parking lots so we really in order to this for this plan to work we really, we need to have better traffic control system in place we need to 
uh, better manage this system. We need better control, better automation. So I, I got to be honest. So you, when I hear you talk about the complexity of it all, I, I think you know it, it does, as as many would contend, beg the beg the question that you know, are we ready yet? Are we really as ready as you know, as sort of these this mess these messages that we get that sort of you know make it seem as though like we're all ready to jump into electric vehicles. We we should we should become more ready. I think I think we should become more ready. I think we are. This is not only driven by the by the federal government, right? A lot of a lot of customers are looking at these options too. Like that could be partially due to the increased gas prices, but in, when there is when there is a customer demand, we should provide access to those uh, those uh, those infrastructure. Uh, readiness. I would look at the question of readiness uh, uh, in different contexts. One would be: Are we ready to? Uh, is our electric grid ready to enable that extra load to to give us that extra energy that's that's needed? Uh, the, the, it's, this question needs to be answered in the context of where we are connecting them. In some cases, yes, we have. It, but for example, if it is a neighborhood that we have a lot of solar panels installed, and those they have extra energy that they're sharing with the grid, in during the day hours, that makes sense for us to have uh, a charging infrastructure that would provide uh, that would provide a charging for the vehicles. If it is an area that uh, we don't we don't we don't have a reliable grid. And adding more load to the system will make the more will make managing the system even more difficult. Then the answer would be no, we're not ready. So that readiness in the context of electric infrastructure, that's really uh, varies from location to location, and that's uh, and there is a really there is a there is a need for understanding the resiliency of the infrastructure that we are uh, electric infrastructure first to answer that question, um, depending on the locality. But in the context of um, are we ready to are our local communities ready to host these uh, these charging infrastructure? I think that's uh, that's the question that again needs to be worked out in the context of all these local uh, local communities. We need to talk. We need to make sure that they are also seeing the benefit. For example, if you're adding an EV charging infrastructure to a shopping area, that that they need to see that they this there will be added traffic for them. Uh, uh, that goes to their store while they're charging the electric vehicle. So they get, they need to see the benefits too. So I think that all goes back to uh, really how uh, well this plan will be executed and how we can bring uh, all these local players on board. That's, that would be really uh, the critical factor here. Wow. A lot to think about when it comes to electric vehicles. A, a lot, a lot to think about, and a lot of a lot of unanswered questions. I actually uh, think uh, I want to uh, uh, take this opportunity to um, to also encourage uh, some of the uh, some people that are thinking about the issues. Uh, we really need uh, researchers and experts and workforce in these fields to think about this and to think about these questions. And we really need more people in this field. So I really, I would love to encourage people to think about uh, a career in this field, think about like answering these questions from the researcher's standpoint. We have an opportunity to quantify the impacts 
and the local communities and the resiliency of the electric grid and we need more people defending the field so i'm really hoping that this will these questions will resonate with some some of your um uh, your audience and they would be encouraged to to look at these issues from uh, uh for it, like and reconsider their career choices maybe this could be a career for them i think there, there are a lot of exciting stuff uh, exciting uh, research questions that needs to be answered here Wow. Well, you know what? Um, let's 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 make plans to get you back and talk about that specifically. Some of the opportunities. I'd love to do that. Yeah, that would be great. Well, look, Javad, I really want to thank you for taking the time and giving us a lot more to think about when it when it comes to electric vehicles and the future of EVs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and thanks for the opportunity. I enjoyed talking to you. Now, back to the noise. Oh, yeah.